Hello everyone and welcome to Jess and the Guest. My guest today is so talented, he makes me use words like multi-hyphenate, which is the fastest way to sound like a douchebag. But I'm so honored he agreed to do this. My guest today is Diallo Riddle. He's a co-creator of shows like Southside and Sherman Showcase. He starred as an actor on the show Marlon with Marlon Wayans. No big deal. He was one of the first writers on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And I think he was Emmy nominated for it. Today we talk about working with celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow, President Barack Obama, best story of Snoop Dogg I've ever heard. Writing, show running, comedy, and so much more. He is amazing. I hope you like this episode. How is season two going? Southside's the only show everyone in my family loves. Wow, that's 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 yeah. so cool. Um, yeah, you know, season two is going great. I, I personally think that we've leveled up in terms of the writing in season two because we know these characters better. So you just get to see more of them doing more of the things that they do. Um, and and we get to explore the city of Chicago more, you know? I mean, like we would have really been able to explore more if we had been able to shoot last year as we intended. Yeah. Uh, obviously COVID happened. We had a whole scene in a parade that's not gonna happen. I mean, like there's, there's things that we won't be able to do that we really wanna do in season two, but we'll save them for season three. Like there's still so much that happens in season uh, two that, that I think that people are really gonna like. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character? Because I love that all the characters are so fully developed. Like, I love Chandra Russell's character. Like, literally every <laughs> character is so good. Uh, I don't. I feel like all of these characters are like our children. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you ever said, oh, my favorite kid is the eldest child. Like, you're just going to have sad kids for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, but I, I, look, I mean, like, there's certain moments from season one that I'm extremely proud of. I mean, like, you know, we write what I think are really good scripts, but then the performers take them to the next level. So there's one scene where um, where Keisha is calling in um, a report on spotting what she thinks might be a white serial killer who's in the store. <laughs> um, and and Keisha, played by Nefertari Spencer, like, as written, I thought it was funny, but what Nef did with that character, I think that's episode uh, seven. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's called a uh, uh, white murderer <laughs> like I, I, what she does in that episode with that scene like she took it from like funny on the page to hilarious in execution so i think there's just a lot of moments like that you know there are a lot of moments where it's like you know we wrote something for one of the twins and they crushed it when we shot it you know um satan's such a great actor and then i love our greek chorus characters is what we tend to call them but like they're these sort of characters who you know They'll, they'll stand up on the bus when they're trying, when the guys are trying to reclaim a uh, microwave from one character and they'll just say something and they just, there, there are stand in for like the people in Chicago weighing in on something like that. Those kind of moments from our Greek chorus, um, those always make me the most happy. Yeah. I think I heard there was 153 speaking parts too. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, like. We gave lines to the actual best driver of the bus when we were on that day. And he was funny, you know, like there's just, there's no shortage of just really funny people in Chicago. And I think that's important to say, because I think if you're not, if you're not from Chicago yeah. and all you ever do is watch the news, you would just think, oh my gosh, that place is Gotham City. Yeah. You know, like it's just crime and everybody's unhappy. And then when you come here, you're like, oh, there's so many people who are having a great time and smiling and laughing and, and really just, you know, our show is basically like everybody's got their side hustle, but at the end of the day, it's also everybody's got a life. And yeah. uh, I think it's important with so much death and mayhem being reported uh, that it's important to remind people that no, it's just like 
so many other places, there's just a, there's an our town quality to yeah. Southside that we take. You know, when we first started crafting the show, we were like, we want to make it like Springfield is in The Simpsons. So yeah. you want to get teachers and astronomers, you want to get, you know, people who want to be famous and people who could care less about fame and money. You know, you yeah. want to get a little bit of everybody. No, I love it because I'm from Philly. And when I first started, like when I first moved to LA and I was doing stand up at the comedy store, they would always introduce me as like, Jess is from Philly. She'll shoot you or she'll know someone who'll shoot you. I'm like what? That's not how it is at all. <laughs> but yes, I every, other, every city nowadays thinks the other city's like the, cat, the murder <laughs> capital of the world. I know. Yeah. I was like, what is this? You know, people in New York are like, don't go to Philly. People in Philly yeah. are like, don't go to Miami. Like, <laughs> like don't go anywhere. <laughs> I know. Um, so I know you and Bashir met in an acapella group or a funny like pun to that. Like there's normally some weird acapella name. Uh, no, we didn't have a name like, you know, you've heard so many like pitch please and all these kind of things. But like, no, we, our, our, our acapella group was called Brothers. And, oh. uh, and we were an offshoot of, of like the Harvard gospel uh, yeah. group that like, you know, called Kuumba, but they were basically the gospel choir and, and a couple of us guys were like we're gonna sing some secular music yeah and uh, which was funny because uh, I was raised pretty much in a not an atheist but like certainly kind of a little bit agnostic family I mean like if we believed in atheist we just believed that there was a higher power but we didn't necessarily go in for doctrine and uh and Bashir of course was raised Muslim so we were like sort of the outsiders in that you know very traditional Christian you know choir uh and so we were and you know we were also big fans of jodeci so we were like oh we're gonna sing like r&b music and wear similar sweaters and get all these women to go crazy over um, <laughs> did it yeah, work we were, we were half successful yeah. we, did, we did wear the sweaters <laughs> that was about it did it almost feel full circle then making sherman showcase together too like yeah it totally yeah. did because Aww. we came in together on music and you know we're still even today we're crafting a song for a commercial, yeah. uh, you know, because there's always a part of us that does want to do music. And I, I, I hope that people do continue to discover Sherman Showcase, uh, yeah. which is now on Hulu and uh, AMC Plus, I think. Oh, awesome. Um, because, you know, we've always wanted to do music. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, Dave Chappelle said, you know, every musician kind of wants to be a, you know, comedian. Every comedian kind of wants to be a musician because you're kind of playing similar roles in people's day. You're bringing happiness, but you're also trying to get an emotional reaction, either to get yeah. them to laugh or to dance. And uh, I still remember in 2007 when we were uh, still just web, you know, web, webisode writers for our own little web series called The Message. And um, we got word that there was this really funny, you know, black guy who's doing comedy on the web from Derek Comedy, Donald Glover. And so we set up a meeting with them and he, at the time he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer on 30 rock now and I'm really liking it. And we were like, oh yeah, well, you know, that's cool. You, we'd love to do some sketch comedy with you. And he was like, yeah, I bet. And I remember then he like became Childish Gambino. I was like, he's a rapper? Yeah. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that I don't think that those, those nerves, those, um, those creative impulses are very far away. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like they're very, you know, very close by. Yeah. Now, are you and Bashir basically like common law married at this point? I feel like <laughs> yeah, I think in most cases we'd have to make it honest. At this yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, when I was getting engaged to my uh, wife in 2008, people were like, oh, so you're, you're getting remarried. You know, <laughs> we've been 
joined the hip for over 20 years now uh, and doing a lot of you know fun stuff along the way yeah Um, has it always been pretty effortless it looks like you guys just flow together so well and it's so hard to find yeah i mean like you know we we'll, we'll still fight like brothers if we both feel passionately about something and you know we can't find but you know i will say that you know in the last five or six years we've definitely found this groove this rhythm where it's like, hey, I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about that. Oh, why don't we work on those together and get them both going? And that's sort of how we pulled off getting both Southside and Sherman Showcase to air both in 2019. Um, Both were supposed to have their season twos in 2020. Um, We were lucky enough that we got Sherman's finished just in time before the pandemic hit. So we were able to release the Black History Month Spectacular. That's sort of like a, a big, packaged one hour Sherman showcase special. I'm happy to say that doesn't, that doesn't impact Sher- uh, Sherman season two, which we will start at as soon as we're done shooting Southside season two. My God, you say it like it's so easy to, I'm like, that's the hardest thing. No, it's not easy at all. God, I know, I mean, like, like, you Along the way, like, you know, we've helped, um, you know, I've, we've been working with Marlon Wayans, who's a friend of mine. He, he yeah. made me a character on his uh, Netflix sitcom. Uh, we've been writing a single camera show, which just means, you know, to people who don't work in the industry, it means that uh, it's not going to be a sitcom with like a live studio audience. It'll be, you know, shot like The Office or Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And, I, and we see this as Marlon in his own sort of unique Curb Your Enthusiasm in the sense that whereas Larry is sort of a, a, a misanthrope, uh, you know, we always laugh when we hang out with Marlon because he's actually so nice to people in real life. And sometimes it comes back to haunt him. Yeah. And so we wanted to do a show uh, where, you know, basically no good deed of Marlon's goes unpunished. Uh, <laughs> because this is based on some of the stuff that's happened in his real life that we find really funny. So we're, we're still working on other shows with other people. We still have a, a comedy horror project uh, that we're potentially working with with Stephen King. And, uh, and there's, uh, there's some other projects that I probably should not bring up. Yeah. But, but That's I'm very incredible. You were so good on Marlon. Was it different just performing, like just acting versus doing everything? It was different in a good way. Yeah. It was different in a good way because, well, one thing about being an actor writer is that you acted it and then after they call cut, you go back to the writer's room and then you have to completely take off that mask of that character and just be a guy who's trying to fix whatever story issues. You, you see that on Southside. Like, yeah. Southside flows, but you know we work really hard on those stories. Yeah. Um, the great thing about being just the actor is, you come in, you get a script, you say it out loud, people laugh, and then you go home. <laughs> There's no like 3 a.m. you know writing session for an actor unless you're a writer on the show. And for that, I loved it. I, I thought it was literally the most fun I've ever had. And the cast was so tight that we're still all best friends. Me, Brisha, Essence, yeah. Arlen, like we still have like a little text thread. Like it started off just like, oh man, we want to do another show together. And now it's just like, you see what happened in the news today? Like it's yeah. just become like, you know, like a family thread because we are like a family. And yeah. we would include the kids from that show too, but there's a lot of language <laughs> on that thread. So yeah. we're just trying to protect their was there like a DJ too? I heard there, it was like a party going there. Yeah, there were a couple of times I would hop on the DJ deck and they'd be like, Stevie's a DJ? <laughs> um, I've been DJing since I was at Harvard. It was a better term time job than working in the law library. Yeah. So I've always, I've always spun records and now it's easier than ever because you just spin them off your laptop. But I still have <laughs> final with the other records. And, and now the nice thing is that we get to work with some of the people, you know, like, 
you know, there's a group called the Knox, who I think is a great group, and we worked with them on a lot of the uh, uh, Sherman Showcase songs. Um, you know, Snoop Dogg reached out because he's a big fan of Southside. He was yep. just like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a, doing a show with y'all because y'all funny as hell. You know, <laughs> we were just like, Snoop, that's great. You know, and it, it's been very, it's been very surreal. Jada Pickett Smith, it's been very surreal to see people who I grew up loving responding to something that I put out in the universe. So yeah, that, that, I, I saw Snoop posted too. It was like all over his social media. Yeah. And then he hit us up on a Zoom. Well, he, he kind of, okay, so fun story about Snoop is that <laughs> we were supposed to do it one night and then his manager called us at the very last second was like, hey, so Snoop had, had a really big dinner and he wants to go to sleep, but he'll do this maybe 24 hours from now. And I was just like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love the idea of Snoop having a really satisfying dinner and then being like, I need to lay down. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get to that level. Like, how I do know, I, do I like that's a good level to reach. That's a yeah. really good level to reach. Um, <laughs> What's up? Snoop. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's incredible. So I would love a show that you guys worked on together. <laughs> like, Please do this. I can't even. I can't even imagine what it'll be like. And we have, you know, one of the reasons we we signed a, a deal with Warner Brothers is because we actually have ideas that are nothing like Southside. You know, there's one idea that we have that I feel like is almost like, you know, um, I, I hate to say, I hate to use such reductive terms, but um, to to people who haven't seen the show yet, because we haven't even written it yet, I see it as sort of like a black succession. You know, like I, I see it as like a, a family story um, yeah. that, you know, could only be told with a black family. And those are the kind of stories that you don't really see on TV too much. You know, usually yeah. it's just a straight, straight up comedy. And I think this will have a lot of comedic moments, but you know, I like, I like the work of Ryan Johnson and Knives Out, you know, yeah. and I feel like that particular family, believe it or not, reminds me of my family more than, you know, people might suspect. So. Um, we're definitely talking to that. I've even talked to Ryan Johnson. Maybe we can figure out a way to uh, work together on that. Um, so and there are a couple cool. other directors who we're, who we're thinking about for that. And then also, you know, we're old comic book nerds. Like, so one of the reasons we're at Warner Brothers is because we want to do something in the superhero space. I think the DC is doing exciting stuff. We all love Marvel, um, but I think the DC, because they give you a lot of creative license with some of their lesser known characters. I think that we could actually breathe some life into some characters who've never been seen in any TV, yeah. uh, cartoon or movie um, experience. Cause you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm deep into the comic books and, and there are characters like Animal Man and Booster Gold that I would love to see. I'd even like to see maybe a, a reinvention of Jonah Hex. So um, there are a lot of, there, there, there are characters like Scandal Savage who a lot of listeners probably don't know, but like, you know, she was in, um, she was in a DC graphic novel called Villains. Uh, I think that's a great character. I, I want to yeah. see more of that character. So we're, we're having fun uh, just dabbling in, in, in a really diverse pool of stuff. This is so cool. I'm like excited for you. I'm like, oh, keep, keep doing this. Well, we want to keep, want to keep putting stuff out. We, it's, it's, it's not even out of boredom. It's just because, uh, you know, this, has nothing to do with Snoop reaching out to us, but I've always admired a quote from Snoop from the 90s where he said, where they were like, how do you come up with your music? And he was like, I come up with the music that I want to play in my car. Oh, you know, like, yeah. he's like, nobody, if somebody else made this music, I would 
I would play it, you know? And I think that's the, the attitude we take to shows. We're like, why has nobody done that show? Okay, maybe we can be the guys to do it. Yeah. Oh, God. When you worked at Fallon, you were able to write in Jimmy's voice so well. And I think that's such a hard skill. I know personally, I struggle with it, like not sounding like myself. Do you have any tips for writing for someone else and sounding or writing in someone else's voice? Well, listen, you know, I mean, like we know when you work for the person whose name is on the show, it's always going to be, you know, they, they have to connect with every every word. And I'm sure that Ellen's the same way, but like with, with Jimmy, like one word can potentially throw off the entire joke. You know what I mean? So you have to really know their voice enough that you're going to, you know, win them over. And look, it was a five day a week job. Like there was never, there was never a dial it in day. So, you know, we were there for almost four years, uh, you know, five days a week, always trying to break the internet. Like, I'm glad that we had that young man energy. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, oh God. I, I could do it. There are guys who were, who were there then, who are there now. And I'm like, man, they just must be a, a freaking writing muscle, just a, 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 a muscle sitting at a desk <laughs> typing because I can't even imagine having done it this long, you know? Yeah. Um, but we had so much fun there because Jimmy was so great. And it was like graduate school in comedy, you know, like we worked there every day. It was like graduate school in music because we were there with the roots, you know, it was, yeah. just, um, it was, it was a great, great time. And we met so many celebrities. Some were great. Some were terrible people. <laughs> and, uh, but the, but the, but the really nice ones outweighed the, uh, they outnumbered the, the really terrible ones, or at least oh. in that hour or two that we were working with them on yeah. a bit. So, I just can't believe you met like President Obama, like no big deal, just. No, no big deal. I mean, I'm so glad we did. We met him again recently and it was a lot briefer. You know, the cool thing about working at Fallon was that you actually had time to sit down in a room by yourself, not by yourself with Obama, you had this, yes. the security around, but like, you know, I remember sitting in a room, a tiny cramped room working out a bit for Fallon with Stephen Colbert, just me and Stephen. And, you know, this is somebody who I loved <laughs> and admired yeah. And and it was just weird for him to be like, so what do you want to do next? You know, and I was just like, this is Steven. You know, um, there, there are people who I feel like have terrible reputations and I don't know if they deserve it. I remember we worked with Gwyneth Paltrow on a bit with uh, on Fallon. And I, I will say that uh, she was one of the nicest, she sticks out in my mind as one of the nicest people that we ever worked with on the show. And she was pitching funny jokes back and like, I think the piece killed, you know, they, her and Jimmy played a new Jack swing group, you know, <laughs> early nineties R and B and it was hilarious and, and funny and, and really well done and, and quest killed the beat. So that's what it was like working on Sherman showcase. Yeah. Um, but I always say that Sherman showcase probably wouldn't exist if we hadn't been at Fallon because it was a Fallon. We decided, Oh, we like merging music with yeah. comedy. This is what's fun. So um, yeah. You do it so well, too. I feel like it's such a hard thing to do for some people. Well, you don't like, want to do, I'll tell you what, only Weird Al can make a silly song that's yeah. compelling. A lot yeah. of people make yeah. comedy songs. Like, I don't know why, but it just hurts my ears. I, I, think know, I know. Only only Weird Al has been yeah. able to do it in the Weird Al way. I think the Lonely Island, people think, oh, oh they make funny songs. No, they make great songs and then make the lyrics kind of funny. Yeah. Like, in the sense that they're, they're funny because they remind you of songs in that genre. And we've always looked up to Lonely Island guys for that reason. We've looked up to them because we were like, they're actually able to make music that's funny, but that a DJ would, have, would actually want to play. Yeah. As opposed to some other people who are just like, okay, that's comedy music. I don't talk for that. Yeah. Can you watch comedies? I feel like I am like, I can't do it at some point. Uh, no, you know, it's, 
I'm so glad you bring this up. There are some shows that I'm able to watch and I'm like, that's really funny. But like when we're in comedy mode, I like, I actually watch more dramas and documentaries. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I feel like you get more inspired to what you can do in your own projects when you're watching something serious or you decide, you know what, there's something that I, there's something that I want to say. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're just copying people's jokes and that's never, that's never compelling to me. I think it's always much stronger to, you know, taking what's really happening in the world and to observe, you can just be out like, I don't know, dropping off some dry cleaning or going to get some food or something like that. And just observe what's happening around you that's funny. And to yeah. me, that's what inspires comedy. Now, if I'm not in production mode and it's been a while since I haven't been, yeah, then I start, you know, thinking, oh, well, I'm going to get caught up on what we do in shadows or I'm going to watch all, I'm going to binge documentary now or, you know, like yeah. you know, some of the stuff that I really enjoy. Because yeah. even the stuff that I really enjoy is made more rich by the stuff that I think that they're parroting or referencing or just observing about human nature. Yeah. Did anything really prepare you for like becoming like a showrunner, creating shows? Like, because it's so hard to do. And that's what I want to do. So like, how do you prepare? In comedy, there's some some hard, tangible things that you can do, which are, uh, you know, everybody has... A, a movie studio in their pockets. So shoot yeah. things, uh, write things, shoot them with your friends, edit them and post them. You know what I mean? And you'll immediately see, okay, I wish I'd done that differently. I wish that I'd done this. Oh, this this actually, this part worked out good. Oh, here's where I'm a good actor. Maybe, maybe I don't have a range to, to cry on the spot. You know, like you, you'll be able to critique yourself. And I think you should post, you know, because I do think that, hey, you're going to want to, you're proud of it you're going to want to be able to send people that maybe more so than just a script yeah. um and over time you'll you'll get better at it you know that'll be your film school so i think that's one key thing i think you should have a spec script that you can send to uh people who are already showrunners so that if they're if you hear that they're hiring there's something that they and it should be a spec script for those who don't know a spec script is when you write a script on an existing show mm -hmm. um, so you're not just you know, or sometimes the spec script can actually be a completely original, you know, half hour show that you write. Yeah, I, as a showrunner, I've read both. Yeah. And I feel like nowadays people will read an original script just as much, if not more than a spec script on an existing show. Like, so, you know, would I read somebody's script of the office? Maybe. Um, but I think it would be just as good just to write an original script and have your voice come through. I think that's yeah. really acceptable. And then you might sell it, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think that's what you can do. I think you can shoot stuff and post it. Um, and I think you can also write scripts. And don't be afraid to be a writer's assistant because frequently a writer's assistant, um, specifically the job of writer assistant, not necessarily the assistant to a writer, which means you might be like picking up, you know, dry cleaning and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, but a writer's assistant is an official term for the person who's in the writer's room taking the notes of the writers while they spitball. Commonly, those people want to be writers. And if you get the chance uh, to pitch a joke, be grateful. And uh, if you pitch good jokes all the time, you become a writer on a show. That happened to one of the writers on Southside. You know, he oh, started awesome. as a writer's assistant. He was very funny and he eventually became one of the writers. Yeah. How do you know how to cut things too? Because I feel like Southside flows so well. There are just so many jokes. Like, do you- It's painful. I mean, like, I think that, um, Every Southside episode could stand to be about two minutes longer. I think now that we're on HBO Max in season two, episodes probably will be 
more like 24, 25 minutes instead of 21 and a half, because we had to cut so much good stuff to get down to 21 and a half. And in case people aren't aware, 21 and a half minutes is the length of every half hour show on a show with commercials. Yes, so it might say 30 minutes, but you're watching a good eight and a half minutes of commercials and you're watching 21 and a half minutes of TV. That means that we, the creators, have to literally cut jokes. We had to cut them to within an inch of their life, yeah. you know, sometimes. And there's very little room sometimes for a nice slow burn joke. Um, there are whole storylines that got cut out of some of those Southside episodes. So I'm happy that people are watching and liking them. Yeah. But I can tell you that there's some there's some really funny stuff that you didn't see. And we actually asked HBO Max if we could, or at least like extended cuts. And then we walked away from it because then we were like, you know what, let's just put all that time because that takes a long time to actually edit together. Yeah. Um, we went back and uh, went out of our way to make sure that, you know, season two is just that funny. But in season two, you're probably going to get a little bit more episode per episode. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. What, I'm sorry, your grandmother is into it too. Oh yeah, like obsessed, like not okay. Like thank God she doesn't have social media because she'll be like DMing you. Like, <laughs> no. We're in one of the best sketch groups, I think, of, I don't know, my lifetime, Cleo's apartment. Will there ever be a reunion? Uh, Cleo's apartment was a hit out of the box in the sense that like our very first six shows were all sold out. We sold out 99C Theater, which was unheard of. And yeah. was really amazed that that could even happen. Um, it was me and Bashir and Robin Thede and Wyatt Sinek and, and everybody was so young and, and Nefertari Spencer from Southside and, uh, yeah. and Angela Yarbrough, who's a writer on Sherman Showcase, Nika King, who's actually the mom of Zendaya on uh, Euphoria. You know, that was our sketch group. Nobody was famous. Nobody had really done anything. We thought Wyatt was kind of famous because he had been a writer on King of the Hill. And that was, about yeah. it. Um, you know, like that was a very fun time. It was rambunctious. We put really crazy sketches up and people responded. That was when we were like, oh, you know, we might be onto something here. So, you know, that's been about that's 15 years ago. God, that's crazy. 15 years ago. But, you know, since that time, why it's gone on to be a Daily Show correspondent and, and do lots of great stand-up, Robin Thede. I don't think I have to tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Star, you know, Black Lady Sketch Show just came out with a new season. Yeah. Um, Nefertari and Angela, Angela have continued to work with Bashir and I uh, through it all. And uh, yeah, we're just really happy. I think one day maybe we will do a, a reunion of Close Department, assuming that everybody, I, I always assume everybody's cool with one another, but <laughs> maybe, you know, if, if Robin and, and uh, <laughs> I don't actually want to even throw out a hypothetical because I'll probably nail it. And then yeah. we'll be like, oh man, he's spilling the tea. So no, <laughs> I think we're all friends and absolutely reunion coming away. Coming yeah, away. it would be amazing. I've just, I've done so many shows where there's like more people in the cast than the audience. So I'm like, how? <laughs> how? I, look, I had done lots of Heralds at UCB yeah. and uh, I didn't, I, I was not expecting that. I was, yeah. that, was, that was pretty intense. You know, there's there so many people that, when they started stomping their feet for an encore, we were like, you want any more sketches? We can get out there and do, you know, give, give us a suggestion, butterfly. All right, here we go, butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> that, but yeah, I'm glad we did. We didn't, yeah. we didn't spoil our good reputation. <laughs> um, and then last question, do you have any like guilty pleasures in quarantine? Are you watching any terrible shows? Are you baking bread or anything? I feel like you're too busy. I feel like I have some guilty pleasures. Um, let me see, well, Gosh, you know what? They're probably not going to sound guilty to some. 
because to me, like, I need to be watching Nomadland. I haven't seen it yet. I need to be yeah. watching Minari. I know. I, I've, been, yeah. I've just been binging comic book stuff. Like, I bought a whole bunch of comic books that I want to adapt. And then uh, and I watched the Snyder Cut, which I think qualifies me <laughs> as an expert. Yeah. Um, but no, I did go back and watch literally all the uh, DC movies in order. And, uh, and I got to say, I, I appreciate them now more that there's like the ultimate edition of, of, of Batman versus Superman and, and the Snyder Cut of, of Justice League. Because, you know, I think that these movies are way better the way that they were intended by the directors, you know, yeah. it doesn't make me an outlier at all, I know, but I mean, like, I, I sincerely believe that these are better movies, so I'm excited to be uh, doing that. God, there must be something just really schlocky that I don't think <laughs> that I've been watching. Right before I came out to Chicago to see Southside, I'd really gotten into a uh, Real Housewives franchise for the first time, for the first really? time, i really gotten into it. I think I started with Beverly Hills and then I got into Atlanta, and uh, yeah, team, you know, uh, team Denise Richards for sure. I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we all have our we all have our faults. <laughs> I feel like too. You're also one of the most fashionable pe people I've ever seen. Like you're always so fashion forward. Are you? Is that a conscious effort too? No, I, I think that uh, I think that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't consider myself fashion. I, I will say I do like cool clothes but i would know i know too many fashionable people to ever claim that i am fashionable <laughs> i'll just say that I, I do like clothes to fit yeah well <laughs> i don't I, wear sweatpants every day but i you know if i find a you know i found a cool bomber jacket i didn't even find it i was driving down the street and i pulled over to the side because i was near the restaurant i'd ordered some food and there was a girl walking her dog but she had a cool bomber jacket and i was like okay let me not scare this woman by like just rolling up on be like where are you get the jacket you know like <laughs> but i did i just like hey excuse me where'd you get this jacket and she was totally cool and she was like oh you know like i got you know my friend makes these jackets so i supported like a local business like you know come to find out her friend makes these cool jackets these cool chicago jackets oh wow. um and uh I, I, I should probably like take a picture and put them on blast because I, I think they're really cool yeah Oh, and last question, I promise. Uh, so since you're from Atlanta, not Chicago, did you have to go through any like Chicago hazing or did they make you do any you know, tests? Our original pilot that Bashir and I tried to do was at HBO, it was called Brothers in Atlanta. And so I took Bashir all through Atlanta and introduced him to the city. And we yeah. spent the next four years working on that pilot slash series and it never went, um, which is, you know, still sort of sad and makes me really want to do a show in Atlanta. But I say all that to say that when, when HBO moved on from us, we went to Comedy Central with a show about Chicago and Bashir did basically the same thing to us. We spent, you know, a couple of weeks, about, actually about a month here, just getting to know, just so I could get to know Chicago so that I, the same way that he had been like sort of the ears and eyes of an outsider in Atlanta, mm -hmm. he allowed me to be sort of the ears and eyes of an outsider in Chicago. And as a result, I was able to say, what's this about? That's interesting. Yeah. So even as we're throwing in the things that only people in Chicago would know about, we're also inviting people who don't know anything about Chicago into the world. Yeah. It, it, in that sense, our partnership is ideal. We don't take anything for granted. And yet we're still throwing information out there for the initiated. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It's truly a perfect show. I love it so much. So thank you again for doing this. I 
Oh, you're so busy. I'm happy to be here, Jessica. No, thank you again. And can you relax hopefully the rest of today? Or are you back? No, no. Oh my God. Well, you're the best. Thank you again. I owe you so much. So. Oh, you don't owe me anything. Thank you for your time.